Hello and welcome to the Edify Podcast. This is designed for you, preacher, teacher, shepherd, deacon of the kingdom of God, for your edification, for your uplifting, for your ministry. D.L. Moody once said, Out of 100 men, one will read the Bible. The 99 will read the Christian Brothers, as you preach, remember that your preaching continues after you have stepped down from the pulpit. Maybe you visited a church before, maybe it was a particular service, particular holiday, maybe you're on vacation, whatever it may, whatever it might have been. Uh, you look in the rearview mirror as you're there, you see a car there, it's weaving in and out of traffic, and you think that that, that person's going to kill somebody. And a, uh, a few seconds later, the driver's right behind you, they're tailgating you. Uh, so you, like a good faithful Christian, slam on your brakes. <laughs> no, no, you keep driving. Uh, and uh, this person quickly swerves around you. And as he is uh, passing you on the left, you look over, and it's the preacher um, for the church that you are on your way to visit. <laughs> um if you're sitting there listening to that sermon, you cannot remember one word that that preacher might have said, um, but you'll never forget the way that he drove home. Now, obviously, we run late to church to worship. We we've all done that. We've driven like a you know a, a madman. Uh, we've all hit the gas a little bit more. God God forgive us. Uh, I just suspect that that's happened to all of us, and and, and so. We don't hold this man's driving against him per se, but we do point out the fact that a person um, does remember, and things that you do outside of the pulpit stick with people much longer than what you preach. I mean, if I were to ask you what you preached last Sunday, you're going to have to think about it. So the studies that you teach from um, and the issues that you preach on uh, from the pulpit will may soon be forgotten. Um, even if you alliterate your main points, you know, three points, deathbed, sword, confession, yada, yada, yada. But what you preach by the way you live will remain with people for a lifetime. I know one particular preacher. He is the kind of guy that when he walks into the church building, uh, he's going to put his hands on every single person in that building. And they are a 180, 210 member church. Um, I, I know an elder. We have one here who, uh, his name is Cliff Hicks. Uh, one of the best servants that I know of, and uh, he has always done this. Even before he was an elder, he he would almost uh, walk people in from their car. I say that facetiously, but he stands under the breezeway under our big awning that we have, and he welcomes everybody into the church. Um, that's an example. First Peter 5, 2, and 3, shepherd the flock of God, being examples to the flock. God's people need to see what following Jesus looks like in real life. Now, knowing this, Paul and Timothy um, their their dynamic duo. Paul specifically told Timothy, and by us, of course, by implication, in speech and conduct and love and faith and purity, show yourself an example, 1 Timothy 4.12. Your life can and should be a great model for others to follow. No, you can't, ha you can't help what happens to you. You can't help um, certain things that happen. Uh, you can't help um, certain sins that people commit against you or uh, maybe a death in your immediate family or, or whatever. You can't help any of those things, but how you handle those things can be can be monumental. So remember that your your sermon and your preaching continues after you've stepped down from the pulpit. 
because you're a model. There is a glass house uh, sort of thing to the to the to the um, the ideology of a preacher. One who who pr- professes this um, is going to be held up to it. So not only that, but but be patient as God's word germinates. Uh, John Piper said, God will hide from you much of the fruit he causes in your ministry. Uh, you will see enough to be assured of his blessing, but not so much as to think you could live without it. For God aims to exalt himself, not the preacher. I think that's very true. Uh, there's a blessing for us to not be able to see every single thing that we do. But it also can be a curse because you think about, well, the preaching's not taking root or the preaching's not this or, or nobody really cares or nobody's really changing. But you don't know what all is going on. So you just need to keep a balanced, let God be God and be concerned with the root and not the fruit kind of person. So be patient as the Word of God germinates. It was very easy in the first century when when Paul or one of the apostles or those endowed with a miraculous could um could could cause a person without a hand to grow a hand and and an immediate change in result and an immediate step of faith and immediate shock and awe but that was that that type of work was expedited the kingdom of Jesus needed to grow at an, at an exponential uh very quickly way to go out to spread to the brotherhood uh it was said that the gospel reached all the known world within within that first era of time so that's that's good but for me and you today in 2022, as we preach, the Word of God will germinate. People will mull this over. Uh, the results are not as fast. They're not as quick as can be. Um, we need to be patient. Um, many a young preachers and teachers you know, wonder why there doesn't seem to be much change in the lives of those that he preaches to week in and week out. People continue to struggle with the same sins, problems, and worries, and Fill in the blank. They continue to seem spiritually lethargic, and when it's time to worship and serve, even after, um, even after you and I may may carefully choose a topic, a message, an exhortation, an exposition, in their their particular areas of struggle, you, you're probably going to experience this with some of your listeners as well. You know what what is a preacher or a teacher going to do? Be patient with people, as God's word does its work. Paul said, preach the word, 2 Timothy 4.2, but with great patience and instruction is the idea. Jesus likened the word of God to the seed that brings forth fruit, Mark 4.14. So if you've ever planted seeds, you know that they take time to germinate, to, to grow into maturity, to produce fruit. So as you sow the word of God, be patient. Fruit will come, Isaiah 55.10 and 11. Your labor is not in vain, 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Galatians 6 and verse 9. God's word will perform its work in those who believe, 1 Thessalonians 2, 13. Knowing this, Spurgeon said one time, he said, Take it as a rule that the truth of God prayed over, spoken in the fear of the Lord, with the Holy Spirit dwelling in the man who speaks it, will produce the effect which is natural to it. We know that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. I do not come into this pulpit myself with any fear that I shall preach in vain. It does not occur to me that such a thing can happen. That's true. If you are God's man, born of a spirit, born through the word of God, and you are a you are an individual who has poured himself out, and, and you are exalting God in this moment, I promise you there is going to be some growth. God's word, God's word does not return void. And so that's that's something that I want I want you to consider today as you think about um, your preaching. Remember that it that 
your preaching continues after you step out, and you need to be patient with it. But I also want to spend um, spend just a moment with this. This is one of the ways that your word will continue, and that your preaching will continue, and your example will continue. Kind of this third point, if you will, spend time with other teachers. In Galatians 1.18 uh, Paul said, I went up to Jerusalem to become acquainted with Cephas. If you don't have a good friendship and friendships with others who preach the Word of God, pray that God would provide that for you. I just returned from the Freed Hardeman Lectures. That's why this uh, podcast is on Friday and not Thursday. I got to spend time and, and hug necks and shake hands and rub shoulders with some of the best in the brotherhood. It was so good to see them all. Uh, you know, call each other by the first name, give a, give a good hug. How are you doing? How's your work? How's this? How's that? Uh, you know, that that's that's good. And what a blessing it is to have friends uh, who can offer you advice, who can pray for you, who can encourage you. They can recommend good commentaries. They can recommend good books. Um, they can give you great ideas on a variety of matters, They how, how they've handled criticism. Uh, they've dealt with a difficult passage of Scripture. Fill in the blank. Two guys that in particular that I, that I was able to dine with twice and have good conversations with this past week was Jeff and Del Jenkins of the Jenkins Institute. If you're not familiar with them, go go get everything that they have. Uh, subscribe to their website, to their their newsletter, the script, the blogs, and all that sort of stuff. They are four preachers, and I was talking to my my co-laborer here, uh, Paul Sperlin, and um, this past week as we were in a one particular session called the Preacher Therapy. And there these two brothers are uh, in their their late of age, you know, you know, fifties, maybe early sixties, maybe I don't I don't know, but they here they are encouraging preachers. And I messaged to Paul, uh, I said I I want to do that. I, I want to I want to encourage preachers. And here I am, thirty five, but and I don't have the experience that they do, nor the knowledge that they do. Um, but when I get to that season of life, I want to give back, like I've been given. Uh, I want to spend time with other preachers and other teachers, and I want to encourage, I want to build up um, and give back to the kingdom of God that has given me so much. So I want to encourage you to be on the lookout for other preachers, other teachers. Maybe it's an elder or a member, but somebody who knows you and knows your craft and they know it well and they know the experiences that you're going through uh, and that they can encourage you in this. And so expose yourself to great preaching. Expose yourself to great teaching. You know, you as you go out, you, you've got to be preached to. You can't be the only one that, that preaches. Now, I know God preaches to you through his word. Um, but as you as you go out, as you live in this world, you need to, you need to expose yourself to great preaching. Um, like I said, coming back from Freed, I got a whole bunch of it this past week. Bought the uh, flash drive so that I could get every single thing that was spoken because um, I want to be exposed to that. You want to grow in your craft. You haven't arrived. You, you can always get better. One of the things that they mentioned this past week was that there's no such thing as a superhero preacher. Um, a superhero preacher is neither super <laughs> nor is he a hero um, because he's spread out, he's thin, his work is never done. Uh, there's always something to do. There's always a check to, to, to a, a, a box to check. There's always somebody who's sick, somebody to build up, whatever it is, there's always something to do. H.B. Charles said, I pity the preacher who listens to one preacher, especially if he is that one preacher. So one of the best ways to learn how to preach well is to listen and to read other sermons by great preachers, effective preachers. Um, we could give a whole listing of these preachers. You know, the brotherhood is filled with these. And, and even if you wanted to, 
you know, venture out, spit the bones out with the meat, other denominational preachers, people who are great communicators, um, they may be they may be putting forth 95, 96% truth, maybe, you know, swerved on errors and matters of salvation or matters of worship or or how the Holy Spirit operates or whatever. But but as mature audiences, I expect you to be, and as and as people who know the truth of God, you're not worried about that. Expose yourself to great communicators. How do they do it effectively? Uh, while at Freed, I got to see my good friend Chris McCurley. I go out to Texas every year a couple of times, and I always see Chris McCurley and stop by Odom Lane and spend some time with them. I've been able to do preacher camps with them, and um, just just a great guy. And, in fact, he'll be here with us in July. Um, and so I, I love Chris, and Chris is one of the, the greatest communicators. Uh, you know, Dan Winkler, the great expositor. Chris McCurley, in my mind, the great communicator. There's just something about him. Uh, a man in his 50s, but he's not been a Christian since 1997. And but, but he knows how to do it. He knows how to communicate. Life has taught him these things. He is a great preacher. And so you, you can think of many a great preachers that you know and, and many of great uh, teachers that you that you know or, or somebody that you can read from or, or write from or, or whatever. And so many, many of these guys that we have in our minds who are great preachers, they may be well-known. They may not be. Uh, they may, they're, they're very certainly great, great foundational, great sound preachers, exalter, expositors of the word who preach for little old country churches that nobody knows about. Don't dare think that just because somebody is invited to the lectureship that this is all that there is. No, absolutely not. <laughs> there are wonderful, God-fearing, God-honoring, good preachers out there all over the brotherhood. God sees and God knows. So... Um, I want to say that your your preaching will continue as you step out of the pulpit. Let me bring up this last point. Um, this also is from Spurgeon, and he said the worst preachers are those who mimic others. That that does so much damage to you. Um, I know one particular preacher that he sounds just like another preacher. Um, He's the kind of guy that when he preaches and when he puts it out there, he uses the same mannerisms, the same gestures, the same tone. They're not even blood-related, um, but it's the exact same person. About 25 years separates them. This one is, uh, he sat under this man for maybe a decade or so, and so he, he is the exact replica of this guy. And it's weird. It's creepy. It, it doesn't make sense. Don't Don't do that. It's very easy for us, especially early on in our in our preaching and in our ministry, to consider yourself and to think, well, let's be honest, I'm not very good at this. You know, so-and-so is good at this, and, and I think I'll just try to sound more like them, and, and I love the way that they preach and they teach and all these sorts of things. And yes, there are great qualities about preachers that you may want to grab and nab up, uh, but do not be an exact representation, a, a an imprint of this person. Uh, many preachers who have had their eyes too much upon themselves and their own shortcomings, I'm including myself, have fallen into the trap to try to imitate someone who, that, that God has blessed as a preacher or as a teacher. Um, but God created that man to be that man, and he created you to be you. You know, if he, if he wanted, you know, if he wanted you to be a particular preacher, then, then that's how he would have made you. But he didn't. He did not. There's only each one of us. We have intrinsic, unique, particular, only of its kind value. You are the only you. God created you uniquely. And he placed you in the body of Christ just as he pleased. 
So seek to be that person. Don't be another person. Be that person that God created you to be. Use your personality. Use your characteristics. Use your traits, your strengths, your weaknesses, all those things. Be a Holy Spirit-driven individual who is original, original. Now, having said that, I, I do want to point out that there is a difference between imitating someone's unique style, personality, mannerisms, voice, etc., and imitating somebody's godly character or faith. If you appreciate someone's high view of Scripture, their commitment to addressing difficult passages of Scripture, their love for people, whatever it is, then of course, by all means, learn from them, follow in their footsteps, and even imitate them in this way. The writer of the book of Hebrews said, Remember those who lead you, who spoke the word of God to you, and consider the result of their conduct, imitate their faith, Hebrews 13, 7. Paul wrote, Brethren, join in, my, in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us, Philippians 3, 17. So there is a place for imitation. The imitation that I'm advocating and advocating against is the imitation of a particular saying, movement, style, inflection, etc. That preaches so much. The brethren will not remember anything you say, but come come Wednesday morning when they wake up thinking they got to come to Bible class that evening, they're going to think, well, he's going to be XYZ again tonight. This, this kind of thing can be spotted a mile away, and the danger in engaging in this kind of imitation, deliberately or not, is that it will hinder somebody's ability to receive the truth from you. Some people are going to think, well, he's trying to sound like so-and-so. What a fake. He's not being real with us. I wonder what else he's being fake about. That's just that's just the reality. That's just the reality. So obviously, we don't, we don't want that to happen. So be yourself. Rest in who God created you to be. His Spirit indwells you through His Word, through through the, the embodiment of the Word. You've been born again by this. You're sufficient. You're sufficient. God has designed His church to be the way that it is. You have the abilities and the traits that you do. Don't mock other people. Don't don't imitate their styles and all that stuff. That's fake. That's fraud. Just be who you are. You are enough. You don't need to be somebody else. Just be you. So your preaching goes beyond the pulpit. It's your lifestyle. It's your model. It's your preaching style even. Imitate good, faithful brethren in their walk, but not in their mannerisms and such. So may God be with you. May God be with me in the preaching and teaching of his word, even outside of the pulpit.